0: changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint-free world. No more, no more complaining. People, their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint
1: I'm going to jump right in and introduce my guest this morning in just a second. I want to pull up some information so that I can do that. And uh, it's just kind of a funny morning how things are going. Um, You know what? So the the introduction I wrote is, what do you do when you decided to become a professional speaker? You've worked and trained with the best, that's me, but then a pandemic strikes and your speaking opportunities dry up. Well, if you're Wendy Babcock, you create a super hot Facebook movement and you create your own networking platform. So we're going to talk with Wendy here and I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Good morning, Will. How are you doing this morning? Obviously not great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just one of those funny mornings. And uh, I just wanted to sort of give a connection for what's going on or, or an understanding. There we go here. No, this is what I'm <laughs> Can't even, <laughs> there. All right. So I thought I would let you, if you would explain to people how you and I came to meet, would you?
0: Sure. Um, It's all due to a book, to be honest. um, I was working at a hospital full time and I was listening to a book by Pam Grout. And uh, I was going through some difficult times in my life. I had gone through a divorce. Things were not going great for me. And I was really trying to like rid myself of negativity. And in the book, Pam Grout mentioned a complaint-free world and Will Bowen. And call it fate. Um, I just happened to search you, um, Will Bowen. And the complaint free movement and I was just so kind of awestruck by it thinking this is really smart I I, I align with this hundred percent. and as luck would have it that day is when you know you posted on Facebook hey I'm looking to train 10 people to do what I do and and share the complaint free mov- movement and so I applied and um, next day I knew I was being interviewed by Leah and then you know I was off into training so it's was- Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And you did really, really well. And you've continued to speak. And I want to know too. Tell us about the kindness bucket brigade. How did that come about? And how did it become such a big deal?
0: Well, I, I was just scrolling Facebook one day and I noticed a you know how it's when you come across like a really long feed of comments. And so just being kind of nosy, I looked at it and um This young girl had posted that she needed a ride to the store, but she didn't have money to pay somebody for gas. And I thought, oh, people are probably, you know, offering their their time or something, but it was the opposite. People were just badgering this poor girl, just bullying her terribly, calling her names. And then I got to a comment that a friend of mine made, and it was just so sincere and understanding, saying, hey, I'm a single mom. I get it. I'm going to send you a gift card um you know just to help you out and i thought you know man if more people would do this and just show support and not you know even address the bullies maybe we get somewhere in this world with all this bullying online and so then that thought took me to what if i could invite some of my friends to join this group where we all agreed that if we saw bullying online we would just simply comment something kind and understanding we would just ignore the bullies and haters but then tag each other in the post so that somebody else would then come in and comment. And it created this like bucket brigade then of kindness. And so this, the kindness bucket brigade was born. And if if you've ever tried to start a Facebook group, it's kind of like pulling teeth. And so I didn't expect a whole lot of a response, but shockingly within, oh my gosh, the first couple hours, we had over 200 people in the group. Wow. By day. Yeah. By day four, we had a thousand people in the group and it just kept growing exponentially. And in, I want to say five months, we had over 7,000 people in this group. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I'm
1: just curious. I saw a question here from Kathy Cruz, one of our regulars. I got here late. Are they okay? Not sure who you're talking about. Are you talking about the woman? Uh, I would imagine so. Would everything work out with her?
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, I yeah, that, sort of that ended up the being the true.
1: catalyst for the start of the Kindness Bucket Brigade.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was fine, and she joined the group, and so I was able to connect with her, um, and she just said how grateful she was for that, just that, even that one comment, because she felt so ganged up on, and she said, after getting my friend Jess's comment, and then seeing the Bucket Brigade, she just, you know, it, it helped her, so that it really increased, like, her self-confidence after that whole ordeal.
1: What I like
0: so is that fires. you
1: chose not to attack the attackers.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: You chose we, not to fight fire with fire,
0: but fire yeah, with it,
1: water, with kindness.
0: Exactly. Because then when you ignore them, because what you're doing is when you're commenting back to them, directly to them, you're fueling their fire. And right. then they just want to keep going and coming at you.
1: Yeah. It's kind of amazing when that happens. Sometimes the, the the best thing, in many cases, the best thing and the hardest thing is to walk away. And you did more than that. You actually sought to help people. Well, then if I'm not mistaken, if I remember the story you told me, Facebook then saw this as a group that was growing really fast and doing well, and they chose to feature you. Is that right?
0: Um, Not Facebook, but uh, local news stations did. So I was on different news stations. The readers, I just uh, did a little piece on our group. Um, So it gained quite a bit of attention.
1: And it all started because you tr- you tried to do something nice for somebody else.
0: Yeah. And the cool thing is the group, um, besides trying to fight bullying, it's just a place where we don't allow like sales posts, people for asking for stuff. It's just all like really inspiring, happy stories. And people just found that it was like a safe place to go because social media, as we know, can be very full of, you know, lots of Political and different things that upset people and in the group, we keep it very much about inspiring others and and sharing those do-good moments.
1: Well, I have to ask you, since we're both using Blue Yeti microphones, how did you bling yours out like that? (laughs) Amazon. Amazon. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to have to look into that. Yep. Well, you experienced. I know some some challenges uh, as you were going right before you found the book, et cetera, et cetera. There were you had some health challenges. How much of that was a motivating factor for what you are what you're doing now?
0: A lot, a lot. I lived. I was in a lot. I had a lot of depression through my my prior marriage and um, getting out of that and rediscovering myself. Um, and then I found I was. It's, it's BRCA2 positive, which means that I have, um, everyone has BRCA genes and mine basically don't stop cancer. Your genes are built to block cancers and mine don't. And so I underwent a bilateral mastectomy and all the prophylactic surgeries. And um, I was going through therapy at the time. And even she said, um, we want to make sure that I'm in a very positive, emotional and uh, mental well-being before this surgery, because it does help your, um, your healing. And so wow. after all of this, and I discovered the movement for complaint free, it, it just really aligned with everything that I was learning throughout my journey of becoming healthier mentally and physically.
1: So you've been doing the complaint free message now for about six years. I yeah. think five, six years that we've known each other. Yeah. What have you noticed as far as complaining? Do you feel people complaining more or less? Are we doing any good here, Wendy? <laughs> I think
0: we're I think we're doing good. I, I really love when I present. And I don't know if you find this true, but I, I find it interesting. So the people that hire me, usually the bosses, the guys in charge, you know, they're like, oh, our, you know, they do it for the, the people, you know, that, that they work with. But then when I get off the stage, they're like, oh, man, I, I needed to hear that. And so I find it interesting that the ones that hire me maybe didn't necessarily think that they needed it. But then when they hear like why it's so important and how it's so damaging to your health, Then they're like had this whole aha moment and it's, it's really cool to see. And I feel like obviously, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, there was a lot of complaining, obviously there was a a lot and I feel like we're kind of shifting out of that now. I don't see as much of that, at least in my personal life, I'm finding people are more positive. You know, they're trying to get back to life and they're trying to see that the good.
1: When you put people under stress, they complain. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you've got people in a room and you put them under stress, they're going to start complaining. And we have been trapped for the last few years, and there has been such inconsistency with guidance as to what to do from one side to the other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that stress has caused people to feel more upset and to complain more often. When you talked about the, uh, I've seen that too. People hiring me because everybody in the organization complains, and when, <laughs> right. you're, when you're done, they're like, "Oh gosh, I think it, I think it might actually be me." Were you, a, would you have considered yourself a complainer
0: prior to this? Um. Yes, absolutely. I think I would get pulled into like the woe is me attitude, you know, when things weren't going well. And, you know, when you go through a divorce, it's going be really, <laughs> really hard to stay positive. And I definitely felt like I was in a, a kind of a bad place with complaining. And, and the things that go along with complaining, which is, you know, gossiping and that sort of thing, I learned through going through the training with you that, I was a gossiper and I never would have considered myself that until I realized like what gossiping is and why we do it. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. (laughs) So I definitely learned a lot, but yeah, I was in a bad place. I definitely was a big complainer, gossiper, that sort of thing. So
1: I think we're doing, I think we're doing good work and I know from my own personal self, we, I was talking with someone I interviewed a couple of days ago. I've gone from, X number of speeches to 20% more, 30% more, and we're on track to double this year. And we're getting very close to that. And I think that right now people are realizing how much complaining is going on. It's almost like they're awakening to it, which is providing an opportunity for us to get more people to to take the challenge, et cetera. What, What are your thoughts?
0: I agree. I think people are in that space where they really want to be more solution oriented and and think of, you know, what's next? What's the good stuff that's coming now? Because we've been through (laughs) kind of hell and back through this pandemic. And I think people are really ready. At least I'm seeing it in my personal life and the people I'm interacting with. They just seem a lot more like they're really looking forward to what's next, not, oh, gosh, like this is doom and gloom. Um, I think people really are waking up and wanting better.
1: When you went through the training program, you were one of 10. And one of the things that I've admired so much about you is that you didn't just take what I taught you and uh, teach that. You came up with your own concepts. You created a networking program. You've done a lot of things. I know you've also been doing, if I'm not mistaken, some MC work. You Didn't you do some master's of ceremony work at an event, a woman's event or something? Hosted? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, I've done that. So yes. tell us
1: how. Tell us about Slam Networking. How did that come about, and what is happening with?
0: Well, it, it's interesting because for you, you know, your speaking engagements increased, where mine decreased. But that was more of my own doing, because I was very hesitant to jump on the virtual train. I was really hesitant to think, how am I going to reach people virtually? Because I really enjoy. The interaction you get when you're on stage and you're engaging people and they're you know raising their hand, um, and I do a lot of networking. So I'm a, a member of different you know women's networking groups and everything went virtual and it was just I just felt very awkward networking virtually. I'm more used to it now, of course, but I kept thinking um, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way to have these shallow kind of surface level conversations about how's the weather, where do you live you know, how can I get to know people on a, on a deeper level? And so I started to kind of investigate my own personal life of, okay, well, how do I get to know people? Where do I meet people? And I find I relate to people more when we're having fun together, playing games, we're just, you know, having a good time. That's how I feel like I get to know people. And so I created this platform where I ask these kind of crazy icebreaker questions, and we skip that a uh, pitch fest that tends to happen in other networking groups, where you have to be like <laughs> right on with that, you know, pitch your one minute. You know, I
1: love that. Yeah, your elevator pitch. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, I love that's a great idea. Yeah, it's just it's so nerve wracking when you're up there and you're trying to be just so perfect, and you know, I say we've become this entrepreneur in a box where you have to like be, and you're not showing up as you. You're not showing your personality. You're not truly being authentic with who you are. And so I've created this platform that helps showcase exactly who you are, not so much what you do, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, I love that. And then you can find connections in areas other than just trying to make money from the other person or make money for the other person so that they kind of owe you, et cetera, which is a lot of networking.
0: It is. And I find that the people who I create introductions for, the people who I you know, send referrals to our people I know, like, and trust, you know, just having one conversation with a person, I'm not necessarily going to refer them right away, because I don't know who they are. And I want to align personality types. You know, I I know people in, in my network, who, you know, don't mind the occasional, you know, bad language. And there's people who are also in my network who are like, absolutely not. So I'm not going to align them having one small conversation with somebody isn't going to show you who they are. And so I like to make more aligned referrals. Um, yeah. And introduce the people that I've met just so that it's, it's just better for everybody involved. So you're not wasting somebody's time.
1: So what's the process? How, if somebody wanted to engage in slam networking, uh, is there, first of all, tell me, is there a URL they should go to and I'll type it in the comment section.
0: Sure. It's just slam happy
1: I'm happy hour
0: because that's what we do. Uh, we actually we we play bingo. We play Wheel of Fortune. We have a virtual dance party, <laughs> and it's 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 fun. But we weave business in. So when we play bingo, the members' names all go on the bingo card, and when when your square is you know called, you get to talk about your business and offer something personal, whatever you want to share. So then we just kind of get to know each other
1: what a great idea. This, and this was your idea. You didn't see this by going to another networking thing. Cause mm-hmm. you're right. I've been to so many, what do they call them? B and E's business network events. And it's yeah. like, here's your chance. And you stand up and, and you're not listening to anyone because all you're thinking about is what you are going to say. And so yeah. it really is not effective. I don't feel.
0: It's not, and and I try and create this platform where you feel more relaxed, so you don't have to do this, like you know, I inspire this, that, and so on. So, you know, you you know the, all the trigger words that people say to try and grab your attention. But yeah, I've heard people give their one minute pitch, and I still have no clue what they do. You know, so I just, <laughs> I just want people to speak plain language to me. <laughs> Which you know what that means, Wendy?
1: They don't know what they do, right? In my opinion, yeah. So. Yeah, there's and there are so many. I've been working with some people who want to be speakers as well, and there is so much information out there for speakers, and most of it's bad. Yeah, and I've hired coaches, I've paid for programs. As you know, I'm a big fan of Benji Bruce, I'll give him a shout out again, he's awesome. Uh, And then again, there are some people out there who are selling stuff that they've never used themselves. And it's, it's really kind of interesting that, uh, or sad, I think. And it's difficult when you're, when you're working with people because you say, okay, look, this is what I want you to do first and foremost is decide who you are. You know, who are you? If somebody says, Wendy is the slam networking person. Will is the complaint-free person, or Wendy in this context is the complaint-free person. Yes. Most people just want to be everything to everyone, and no one really wants that. What they want is specificity, I find.
0: Right. I agree. And is I it, got, go ahead. Yeah, we've gotten, in the networking world, we've gotten to be too, I guess, fancy, you know, because now there's these, I, I see these formulas they put up on the screen sometime. like, you know, you say, I help, and then you fill in the blank to do do, blank, blank, so they
1: don't have to blank. Yep, I've seen that.
0: (laughs) It's frustrating. It's like just tell me what you do. You know, I'm I'm a speaker. I help people stop complaining. That's right to the point. And I'd say I help. I inspire people by X, Y, and Z, and this and it's like I just want plain language. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: and always and as I always share, go deep before you go wide. And that's, that's the challenge I find is that I've got a speech on leadership and I've got one on sales and I've got one here and I'm like, which is your signature speech? Which is your keynote? My friend Scott, um, who's been a professional speaker, as long as I have 15 years He is just now breaking out of his original keynote. In other words, he's tired of doing the same one year after year after year. But for 15 years, he's done it. And as a result, he's built a great reputation. He's become a certified speaking professional, et cetera. So how do people join Slam Networking? I mean, you gave me the URL. Is there Mm -hmm. a price to be involved? You say that you interview people. So tell me more about that.
0: Yeah, so Slam Networking—it's a monthly subscription of only twenty-seven dollars a month. Um, I keep it on that lower end because it's it's the, it's it's to go hand in hand with the traditional networking people are already doing, you know, because there's definitely a place and a time for that. This is the the fun time, the downtime that we forget to schedule for ourselves, you know. And I think I've learned a lot of this because of all the complaint-free, you know, presentations I've given because I value being happy. I value, you know cultivating this positive experience for people you know it it, it does naturally then become this complaint free time when we're all together because everyone's too busy having fun and enjoying themselves so i think that there's definitely a correlation there um, <clears throat> so when they join it's just a monthly subscription we meet every monday at 6 p.m central time um, and then i also have a, an open networking session on thursdays for everybody to come at two o'clock central
1: Wonderful. And people can just find out at slamhappyhour.com. Is that where yes, they would it gets find all the information out and
0: all the fun stuff that we do?
1: Is it purely business related or is this social what what's the primary purpose of Slam Network?
0: It's for um generally female I, I shouldn't even say just female entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs, but I I just naturally attract female entrepreneurs cuz my branding is all pink. Um so it's for female entrepreneurs who you know, are so busy basically hustling their face off all week long (laughs) doing traditional networking that this is the time for them to actually relax, kind of discover who they are, have fun. And I'm finding the ladies who are members of Slam Networking, it's kind of awakening a part of them that they were kind of stifling in traditional networking. And it's our sense of humor. It's who we naturally are when we're not trying to be something else.
1: All right. I'm going to ask you a question that I would ask you not in an interview context, but if you and I were just sitting together having dinner, why are women so more seemingly much more attracted to personal development? And uh, I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. Why are women more attracted to personal development than men? Because I know that my fans are more women by far. And I'm talking books, I'm talking speeches, everything else. In your opinion, why do you think that is?
0: I think it comes down to um mental health. I think that you know, when people talk about uh mental health, we women are more drawn to that. I think because there's a stigma around men have to be, you know, the caregivers, you know, men don't cry, like men are supposed to be the tough guys. And I think I think there's a correlation there where we we associate personal development and, you know, positive mental health and men, I I just think there's this, and I'm talking very broadly, of course.
1: Oh, you're not hurting my feelings. I was going to, I was going to be more pointed. So go ahead. Yeah, But but,
0: but there is definitely a stigma around it where I think guys are just supposed to know they're supposed to just, you know, put their nose to the grind, work hard. Um, I don't think that men are, I don't want to put this. um, Personal development has always been, I think, geared towards women. Even though, of course, men men do it. But I think it's been geared towards women because, you know, I I, don't, I don't have a great answer for that question. No, you've
1: got a good answer. You're doing great. <laughs> so, no, I think, too, it's uh, a couple of things. Number one, women are more focused on health of all kinds than men. Yeah. I mean, when you're selling a car, men want to know how fast it is. Women want to know how safe it is. Yeah. Um, I also believe that men dominate and women communicate. I didn't come up with that, but someone else did. I know that when we used to do retreats at unity village and we would do a woman's retreat, someone said, it's a puppy pile. And it is. Women are just hugging each other, talking to each other. Whereas men are like, you know, I'm going to go over and check my phone. So just very, very different. I feel, although here's, Mm -hmm. here's, here's hope. Most men are drawn into something good and healthy by a woman. So, <laughs> I know true. that's true for me. That's how I became vegan, et cetera, et cetera. So, as long as we get there, that's what matters.
0: I agree, I, honestly, and, and I think Brian would agree. My husband, um, I don't think he would have left his his full time job to purchase a catering company if I hadn't have really encouraged him and been like, "This is what you want, dude. Like, just just do it." You know, it's- I. I
1: Yeah. Is he still doing well? Is he catering well even now?
0: He's rocking him. He's turning jobs away. He's so busy right now.
1: Wow. My neighbors have a restaurant here in Key Largo that was voted the best restaurant in Key Largo to eat, but that's not where they make their money. They they cater weddings. They have catering trucks on both sides, on the bay and on the ocean. And that's really where they, they stay so busy and do so well.
0: Yeah, in well, the fall. The fall is the new June for weddings, so he's booked solid through the fall. Really? Mhm.
1: The fall, that's so interesting. Yeah. What do you see as the future of the complaint-free movement? There's a question for you.
0: Oh, the future. I'd like to see more speakers, more trainers like myself mm. out there. Because as you know, you know, I do the same thing like you. You know, how many of you have heard of the complaint-free movement and who Will Bowen is? you know, and you get a few straggler hands here and there. But I'm like, you know, you feel like you're reaching so many people, but you're really not. (laughs) There's millions and millions of people in the world. And I would just I would love to see more trainers out there doing this because I think it's such important work. And it really has inspired everything I've done since going through the training, you know, complain free every or not complain free, like the kindness bucket brigade, and even the networking, it's all based on, you know, a better world and making a difference in the world. So you know,
1: it's all related. Well, I've been telling you for years that we're going to relaunch this, and I've got it all outlined now. And the one of the main things, because we uh, our speeches, we always close them on the phone. We don't do email. We right. The whole point is to get them on the phone, and so my business manager, Lindy, has been recording phone calls with clients. And that's going to be part of it. She's just recording all of her phone calls so that people can hear what it's like to talk to people. That's my dream as well. I want to see more and more and more people out there doing this. And also I have just submitted a proposal to update the book again. So a new version of a complaint free world will be coming out soon. I hope. And what's, what's next for you? What are you currently working on? That's exciting for you.
0: Well, I'm, <clears throat> before the pandemic, I had held, um, I think it was the event you were talking about, it's called Warrior Unchained, which is a uh, an event for women. And so I'm doing the second one. I just kind of am launching, or not launching, I shouldn't say launching, I'm just kind of putting everything together right now to do this event again in the, vol- in the fall. Again, it's all professional, personal development. I bring other speakers onto my stage and you know, try to try help make a difference in the world. So I'm kind of focusing on that right now. Um, And also just getting more speaking engagements and I'm ready to go back out into the world now where I I hadn't been. I had only done one in person um, this year or no, last year, end of last year. Otherwise, I was doing all virtual, you know, and it wasn't even that many.
1: Yeah. Trying to get
0: back into it.
1: I was really, I think, fortunate in that early in the pandemic, the uh, Florida Speakers Association brought in a member of the uh, NSA board, the National Speakers Association, who was killing it with virtual speeches. And he did his speech virtually. And this guy... Uh, I can't think of his name. Dan, he juggles, he rides a unicycle, he puts his hands on a desk and then presses himself up into a handstand and he's in his forties. And he did all of that virtually. And then he took us on a tour of his studio. He walked around and showed us the cameras and everything. And I went, that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing that right away, updated the website. And that's why we ended up doing actually 30% more speeches uh, the year, first year of the pandemic than we had in the past, which is amazing. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, we always do a song of the day. So you take a moment and ask yourself, what is a very inspiring song that you don't tell us yet? You get to tell us in a minute. I'm going to invite everybody to uh, comment, if you would, and ask questions of Wendy Go ahead and ask questions and comment. And then Wendy is going to tell us our song of the day, and we will talk about that. But please remember like, comment, share. This is how we build this positive online community, whether you are listening to us live or whether you are watching on replay on one of the various uh, formats and and, uh, platforms that have. So everybody, thank you. Wendy, thank you for being here. Everybody send some love to Wendy. Be sure and check out her slam networking. And if you have the chance to see her speak, she's amazing. I mean that sincerely. If someone can't get me, I recommend Wendy because you want somebody really good. That's her. Wendy, thanks so much for being here.
0: Thank you for inviting me to come and talk this morning. Love it. Me too. No more, no more complaining.
1: People,
0: their lives are changing, we're flying
1: high, creating a complaint-free world, no more, no more complaining. People, their
0: lives I changing, we're flying